Uh, here we are, Friday evening edition of Ned Talk. Who would have thought? Certainly not Jay Stevens, who's not here. If you no, turned in, he's not here. tuned in to hear the dulcet tones of Jay Stevens singing classic rock songs, not you're out of luck. Today. You're listening to these four Friday. jabronis talk about sports as we get set for the Chiefs. And who they're, they're playing Arizona tonight, right? Arizona. Arizona. I'm Joe Weston, by the way. Ned Reynolds, the namesake of the show, sitting right across from me. How are you, Ned? Doing just great, thanks. Weather's perfect. It's perfect for football. We need to get out and play a little, 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 little uh, pigskin stuff right now. We don't yeah. know about Arizona perfect for football, though. Oh, it is there. This is remember now. This is a dome stadium. That's true. And it'll hey, be what nice are two on two? Ned and I versus you two. Oh man, front, out front. Here we go. That's a great okay. matchup. Perfect. Jake Gallette is with us. He has uh, not been with us for a while, but he's back in the studio. Jake, how are you? Uh, it worked out today. Thanks for asking me. You're a very persistent person. <laughs> I know. Well, we want you on the show. The persistence comes from this guy. Oh well, thanks, then. Yeah. When's Jake gonna be back? When's Jake gonna be back? I don't want to talk to you guys. I want to talk to Jake? Oh God. Mike, the intern, with us again. Mike, how are you? Tired of me because we talk every morning. So. <laughs> let's get right to it how much of the game did you watch i know ned let's let's start out let's let's start like a telethon or something for ned a collection no 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 he no, no. He's, he's he's a he's a cable cutter and he couldn't watch the game last week the the station that it was on is not on my system but that's all right because you can visualize what's going on and the cell phones do help I'm going to tell you exactly what the, the biggest challenge in tonight's game, the, the Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals, the biggest challenge. I want you to keep this in mind. It's subliminal. But you know where they're playing? State Farm Stadium. Is Jake <laughs> from State Farm going to be there? Oh, and, Lord. and is he going to get thousands of pizza boxes? Starts. Oh, man. Okay. It's preseason. So, so Ned Reynolds, who will tell you that he's 800 years old, watched the game or watched the plays being diagrammed on his cell phone last Real week. Time. What what did you glean from that? The fact that the game was pretty worthless, as a matter of fact. You you didn't get anything out of it at all. And when, when Mahomes is in for one series and throws two passes, uh, that, that ain't any kind of game. Now, tonight's going to be a little bit different because Andy Reid has already said Mahomes will play a quarter and a half and maybe two quarters. Yep. And most of the uh, most of the starting team will play a first half. How they do against an Arizona team that is not going to match them uh, player for player because they aren't playing their first team. Kyler Murray will play, and uh, some of their running backs. But their offensive line is going to be the second and third team. They just don't want to take any chances. So I look for the Chiefs to uh, rack up some big scores. They the should, game. as they should. How much of the game did you watch, Jake? I watched Pat do his thing. Then I fast forwarded to the end because I knew I, I didn't get to watch the game. I'm kind of like Ned here. I have YouTube TV. That's no plug. They're not sponsoring anything here. But um, I felt because I knew we won and I want to know how. And then I started reading. I'm like, oh, I got to see this two minute warning or two minute warning uh, or two minute drill with a, a guy named Shane Bouchel. Yeah. Bobby Bouchel. Yeah. But, you know, as well as I want to see how they did it, because the funny thing is, if you watch the game, the commentator said, if uh who they play last week i've already forgot dallas, come on come on cardinals played dallas no no Not last week chiefs 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 San Francisco. Francisco. when san francisco scored the commentators like if they score here they're going to win the game and i knew already knew at the time because i was like you yeah, i didn't get to see till the next day but i was happy to see i i kind of disagree with you ned i like the game it was competitive 19 to 16 that's a lot of points for a little preseason game with some nobodies out there yeah 
I enjoyed it. But Jake, the point is that the players are going to see during the regular season weren't there. Who are these guys? They'll be That's playing true. in the XFL, or if that even ever comes. I to I, I disagree <laughs> with you there, and I was texting Mike because I did exactly the opposite of what I normally do, and that is what Jake does. I watched the first part of it, and then I thought I'm out, but I watched the second half, and I was impressed with a couple of kids that I saw, and Mike and I were texting back and forth about those guys on defense. Yeah, I uh, I listened to the first half. Because that's the only way you should enjoy these games is listen to them right here on 104.7 The Cave. But then after that, uh, yeah, I watched the second half. And that was, there were, the thing that I was, I, I was happy about, I'll say that what I was happy about first. I was happy about the depth that I saw. Um, there was a lot of really good defensive plays. Ward stepped up big time. Yes, um, he did. Had some cornerback step up that was really good. Um, there were guys that were kind of on the cusp last year. You can kind of see that have developed, which is always good. Um, the thing that obviously Shane Bouchelle's drive in the fourth quarter was like, oh, my God. He also – he did have help. Those receivers made some catches on some throws that were kind of – They were oh, some one-handers. They could have went the other way. They yep. could have went the other way all day. Um, but they didn't, and uh, they made their play. So that also shows good depth, especially what's going on in the receiver side of things with the Chiefs. And then – the thing that kind of let me down was kind of what Ned said. I mean, uh, you know, Patrick came out for a series. All this noise has been made about the offensive line all year since February. And, you know, I that was my biggest thing is how are these guys going to play this game? I think tonight, hopefully, we'll see that. We'll maybe see more of a game management side from Mahomes, maybe trying to run the ball and actually see what this offensive line can do. However, that's right because they're not going against some of the no the the cardinals are not going to use their their usual starting lineup they will on offense but not on defense so it'll be interesting to see how how they work and you know guys i'm anxious to see who wins the the third string quarterback job for kansas city if in fact they keep one you guys are probably not familiar with shane bouchel i know you are you know, his dad played Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. and Shane himself began his career at Texas. He was the Longhorn starting quarterback. Uh, after a couple of years, I think he had some disagreements with the coaching staff down there, but he out he leaving and went to SMU and had a very good close of his career at Southern Methodist, but not good enough to get him drafted. And here he is with the Chiefs trying to earn a place on their team. He is a good passer. He has a good arm, and he has a good athletic uh, mindset about him because he comes from an athletic family. But does that guarantee him a place on the team? Not hardly. I think he's going to have to earn it. I think he would be a very good backup, uh, a third-string backup, because Henny is going to be the score. second yeah. team. Yeah. And not going to play very much. But there's also a guy who has made a career in the National Football League. And by career, I'm talking 12, 13 years now of carrying a clipboard a former quarterback who you guys are quite familiar with out of the University of Missouri. Thank you. And he's still playing. And the fact Chase is, Daniel. yeah, Chase yeah. Daniel, and he is still capable. But that that's the kind of guy that, well, you have to envy because he's made a load of money. <laughs> he hasn't really gotten hit hard. And he doesn't hurt the next morning. Oh, not yeah. hardly. He's no, no. Brain no. trauma. Maybe <laughs> True. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your pre-pregame show. We're getting set for the start of the pregame, the Chiefs pregame. That starts at 6 o'clock with Art Haynes and the crew. And then kickoff is right around 7 as the Chiefs take on the Cardinals right here on 104.7 The Cave. Let's go back to that, Ned, what you were talking about. 
because there's a lot of discussion around the Chiefs. Will no team keeps four quarterbacks? The Chiefs frequently only keep two. Do you mm-hmm. see them keeping three this year? Yeah, I do. I do because there's so many variables involved. The injury factor, you know, Mahomes didn't make it clean last year. He did get banged up a little bit and he had to have Henny in on occasion. And of course, Patrick is. Patrick is a very motivated individual, so he didn't last very long on the sidelines. But you never can tell. And having a third quarterback, I think, is pretty important. A guy who does have some level of talent. Uh, Gordon has played well, but I, I really think Bouchelle is the guy they're looking at more closely than anything else. And I think he'll get, in the second half tonight, quite a bit of playing time. Yeah, I agree. I think it's smart for them to have a third because why put that stress on the whole team because how many times you see a player, not so much the starter, but like Chad Henney getting hurt during practice during mm-hmm. the week, pulls a hammy, pulls a groin. Then now you're scrambling around because you have to have a backup to your starter. So why not have three guys? And and, and like you said, let them sit there and, and learn some things. Help carry that clipboard, put that earpiece in and listen to what's going on. And you're watching the best player in the NFL exactly. right now. So exactly. Mike? So especially Chad Henney, we we kind of glazed over him last week. He did a great. I mean, he was the first guy to score a touchdown for the Chiefs, and it's almost like the last year's kind of something happened with his mojo. You know, <laughs> when he did step up and things were clicking with him. I mean, he he didn't lose it. He looked just like he did yep. last year, which is great to see in a backup. I mean, he's definitely going to be more of a game manager, but in in he's a little bit older. But I was very pleased with his performance as well. That's interesting to hear that. That's kind of the drama that surrounds these preseason games. You got four guys for possibly two spots. You know one of them's taken. You know they're not going to go, well, Patrick, you're not good enough anymore. We're going to cut you for this guy. So, And Chad, and he probably got that number two oh, slot. Yeah, but will the Chiefs keep a, a keep a third guy? It should be interesting to see. What, what did you see? What did you get out of the offensive side, if you got anything at all? The fact that they were uh, they're able to play under the circumstances that they had, there, there really isn't anything you can derive from that because these are not the first team players. Offensive line was in there for a couple of series. That's what I really wanted to see. These are all good players. I mean, Orlando Brown, come on. These guys are really talented, but they are missing a few important experienced players. Duvernay uh, Tardif is not in there. There are some others. Remmers may play a little bit tonight, but he still has the back problems. The fact is, offensive line, while it is completely overlooked by most football fans, is the key. It was not overlooked in the Super Bowl game. That indeed was the key factor involved in Kansas City's not playing well. The fact that they're big, muscular people and quick doesn't necessarily predicate they're playing well. You have to work together. You have to know the offensive scheme and that's what I want to see tonight, how well they are protecting, how well they use the pullback blocks, how well they use the off blocks, the the brush blocks. I think it's it's an interesting circumstance what you're going to see. I agree. Um, I will tell you what my take from last week and as far as the offense, yes, you got one of the best captains in the league with Mahomes. He's going to rally the troops, and, and with him, anything's possible. What I'm tired of is going to the kitchen – while Butker's trying to kick a PAT. Because oh, I, yeah. I will not watch that crap. And I'm telling you, I get up, nope. And then, you know, the kids will be like, he made it. I know he missed six last year, and he starts off this year missing one. Uh, it's in his head. How do you not make, How can you sit there and kick, on average, like a 40 to 50 and make him every time, but then a little 30 yard? It's in his head. Oh, it's in, in his head. In, but, oh, but, but to his credit, at one point last year when that was happening, and – 
and he said that they had to go back and kind of correct some stuff. And after that point, it seemed like it had fixed. So hopefully, uh, maybe they need to go back and fix. Some but stuff. during the during the winter and the summer, it didn't get. It fixed. Didn't, it came <laughs> back. No, I don't. I don't know. But yeah, no, I, you I, don't I, want to see that getting in his head early no, in the year. No, no, that's but, a big, but, big. But year. maybe get it out of the system. I did sure. see a story the other day out of the Chiefs camp that they uh, have dismissed one of the reporters that said, this is this a, is Butker a problem? No, 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 no. We're working. He's fine and all that sort of thing, glossing over it. But it has to be a consideration for them. That's a key element of the game, guys, a key element. Yeah. And they, you know, they cut a bit of the payroll to get him on there. He's a good kicker. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see. Something else I was kind of also about the offense last week, uh, no gray. Everyone just, you know, shone from the rooftops how awesome this guy was and everyone, and then you go out there and drop that pass, and I was like, ah. Let me ask Let me ask Jake a quick question. You didn't by any chance make it to our little rally that we had with Mitch Holdis. I did not. I double-booked myself that night. Mitch is great. He does a terrific job of previewing, reviewing. Well, anyway, some somebody in the front row asked him a question about, well, if Kelsey, I think it was, is that the question, if Kelsey gets injured, what are you going to do? And then he named all these draft picks that the Chiefs didn't get. And I mean, Mitch is right on the spot. I have two words for you, Noah Gray. And Mitch is really high on this guy. The Duke University Everyone guy. Is. He's quick. But yeah. oh, he dropped a pass. Did he? Okay, but did he, the first pass was behind his back and it was intercepted? Uh, yeah, it wasn't a great pass. But at the I same heard the second one, he had to outstretch and actually dive for it. And it just hit him in the tips right. of the fingers. But so. at the same time, if you're in, that in the position, NFL, that's you see a UC eighty seven making those catches. It's right? true. No, you're right. And I and you're I'm right. not no. I do not take this as this is a poo poo party on Noah Gray. I still have high hopes for him, and I want it. But kind of what you were saying about Butker was that in his head. You know what I mean? It's his first year, first game. You're, you're almost playing, almost in first team status at this point, and then now you're on the clock. Figure it out. It's not seven on seven drills anymore. <laughs> it's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Is is that in his head too? Hopefully, if he gets, hopefully they give him another chance tonight, and uh, it's not in his head, and it's it's all good. I will say. Oh, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. Going into this season, my number one question is: How long will Kelsey last? He's 31, 32. He, we've got to find that kid that's going to back him up because one every game I'm like, okay, please nobody get hurt, yeah, right? Don't get hurt, don't get yeah, hurt. Yep. and All he's day. getting up there in age. Yep. That's the only All reason. Day. And so we do. I hope this Noah kid can. I really I, think. I, think he's I really fine. think. He, yeah. I mean, from what I and I watch it because what we do, I watch a ton of tape posts. It's like if you're on social media on Twitter during camp, it's like any kind of catch that's made is posted. Yeah. So you can see what he's doing in his understanding of the way the offense works is he's fit right into that role and he could, would he be as good as 87 in this season? No, but he, and it's almost as if this, we got blessed again, when you look at the Alex Smith Mahomes handoff, and now we've got a Kelsey possible, no gray handoff, and you've got a mentor mentee situation. That's what I'm seeing. No, you're you're making a very good point too, because he is vulnerable. That 32, you may Pass it off as being, hey, come on, he's a kid. He is taking some hits in there. He's also oh, yeah. blocking he's very well. Yep. He's a big physical player, but he is also 32 years old, and that's going to catch up. And, and look at the other tight ends, a, a John Mackey, a Tony Gonzalez, people of that of that caliber. These were great tight ends, and this is just about the time that they began to 
maybe slip a tiny little bit. I think that's what will happen to Kelsey, but probably a very gradually decline. I, I don't want him to completely slip down and, unless he gets injured, which who knows? It's a game of physical contact and those things can happen. Yep. One of the most interesting things about the Chiefs is besides watching the quarterback battle is the wide receivers because they have a ton of talent in the wide receivers position. And you've got a bunch of kids coming in trying to win slots in that Chiefs wide receiver core, which is considered the best in the NFL. Did you see anything from anybody in the game that caught your attention? I did not, although Tyreek Hill did not did not play. Uh, you know, they have, oh, he you're did. right. He, he had one catch. I guess he did. He did have he one played catch. Some... That's right. He did play a little bit. I think he plays a whole lot more tonight. And I think we're going to see what he can really, what he can do. Tyreek Hill's another one. I mean, if you keep him healthy, he is a game breaker. Just like Otis Taylor way back 50 years ago. These guys have that innate skill to be able to do that. As far as other receivers are concerned, and you're right, Joe, they do. They have a, a great stable of receivers on this team. And, and Mahomes can get the ball to them. Uh, I think, no, as far as somebody standing out, and I didn't really find anybody who particularly fit that caliber, but then again, it's the first game of the year, and you're not going to find that. I want to talk about this one guy that I saw. He played most of the second half. He's listed as the fourth string in the Chiefs' defensive line behind Taco Charlton, behind Mike Dana, behind Frank Clark, and that's Tim Ward. And he was impressive. Yeah, he had. He was very, tackles. very two impressive. Sacks. Two, yeah, two, two sacks. sacks. Yeah. Yep. And he he was he was around every play, which is what you like to mm-hmm. see with somebody that plays the defensive line. Even if the play went away from him and was upfield, he was right there on it. And the announcers during the game, I heard them say, "Well, it's Tim Ward in. He's in on another another play." Mm-hmm. Horse string guy was impressive. And then there was a kid uh, in the secondary, Baker, a draft pick that they picked up that looked very, very good in what we saw too. Yeah, and that's good. That's a good point because we don't know what's going to happen with Frank Clark here yeah. in the next couple of months. we got some lingering legal issues, I think. Um, he is going to play, but if a guy like Tim Ward, he, he's been with us, this is his third year. So he's made a lot of he, – he's shown that he can do the job, and that was awesome. And I know he's playing against – second, third string San Francisco kids. But still, I mean, it's the biggest stage in the world. Yeah, exactly. We'll be back in just a minute. More sports talk as we get set for the beginning of the game. It's just about an hour and 40 minutes away. pre-game show with the art haynes we're your what we'll call ourselves the pre-party and we're talking about chiefs football among other things as we get set for the start of the second preseason game one of the interesting stories i saw during the course of the week ned was uh, i believe it was trey wingo former espn guy that said he was a bit surprised by how aggressive the chiefs are being with their play this week what are your thoughts well i it- in, is he in regards to the Cardinals game coming up or last yeah, week's game? Actually, this week, because of coming out right away and Andy Reid saying half for our starters. Uh, keep in mind now there are only three games. Yeah. And I was wondering if you thought that played into it that this more, that Andy Reid's looking at this as game three 
of what normally would happen I think for that's preseason. A, a very good assessment on uh, on your part. Yeah, I think this is their dress rehearsal tonight. Then next week, even though they have two weeks before the kickoff, I think next week you'll see a token appearance by these guys, depending on what they do tonight. And then from there on in, of course, the big cut comes on August 31st, which will be, what, four days, I think, after the uh, after the last game. So there will be a lot of guys who are out there to prove themselves, and that will be a proving ground for them, that final game. Interesting, just the way all this is played out, because we've talked about it so much as we've headed into the season about how the season's expanded by a game and the preseason's been cut back by a game. No preseason last year. Do you think this makes a difference, Jake, the way they look at things and how they prepare? Oh, it has to be because they're playing an extra real game. Like preseason's always been a joke, right? Who watches preseason? Oh, you watch Mahomes play four snaps and then you go, okay, let's see what's on Dateline. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I take, you have your diehard. Yourself, <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> no, but you know yourself. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I'm, I'm also being a realist that sometimes people want to see the stars play, and then it's like, okay, whatever. Where the real fan base is looking for the future yeah. and see what we got yeah. out there. But yeah. um, you know what? I, I agree with Trey Wingo. Foot on the gas pedal. I, I'm tired of Chiefs football being, hey, we're up by 19. Let's take it easy. Prevent defense and blah, blah, blah. And the next team. So if this is a a, a, a the eight ball of like, are we going to just kick some ass this year? Yes, that's it. What do you think, Mike? I I think uh, as far as the last thing you said, I I really think that's just Coach Andy Reid. That's his style. Um, but as far as the aggressiveness, I think we're seeing it play out. With who who would know until it would happen? And you know, Reid's one of the trendsetters, and him saying this is going to be the dress rehearsal, and let's see how it goes. He could see everything he wants to see in quarter one and say, okay, it's not worth it for him. And I think when that is the decision he and his coaching staff make in real time because they run things and see things, and if they can see what they want to see, why show your hand? Andy Reid doesn't show his hand. And that's a reason why you don't see you know, Mahomes making backwards dunk side passes and stuff and all these crazy things that happen in the regular season, trick plays weird formations, all these things. He's, he doesn't pull those out. He just wants to see the momentum, how it works, how these guys are, who's going to fit in. And you've got, a, in, not to mention, you've got the, the tight end situation. You've got the linebacker situation. Who's going to make that quarterback situation. But you also got a pretty interesting situation on offensive line with all these young bucks coming up and who are they actually going to go with. And I think we'll definitely probably have a really good idea what direction they're going with after tonight. Ned, what about you? You know, I was reading some comments today by uh, Kyler Murray, who is going to make the start time. This will be his first start. He didn't play at all last week against the Cowboys. And they said, Kyler, how do you feel about this? And after all, you're still a newcomer in the league. You've played a year, but uh, you're still relatively new. And he said, <laughs> the game doesn't mean anything. It means nothing to me. Uh, it does to some of the other players, and I will give it 100%. But in terms of being emotionally ready for something like this and giving it my all, yeah, I'll probably do that. But again, it means nothing. It's an exhibition game. You don't want to get hurt. And I think once a, a player has that, and they all do, come on, except for the rookies and the free agents and people like that who are trying to hang on. Uh, the other, the players, there is a certain intrinsic value about these guys. They know it doesn't count. It doesn't mean a thing. So you're probably not going to put forth your full effort. And that, I think, reflects on, on what you were saying. Andy Murray can uh, – Andy Murray. 
Andy Reid can have all the all the positive aspects of life that he wants in terms of football, but there is a certain realism to what's going on. Let me ask you this, though. Do you think Michael Jordan ever said, eh, just a preseason game? Did he ever play in any preseason game? Yeah, he did. Well, he, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, and Pete Rose, and some of these dedicated athletes are, are different. They're yeah, different styles. Diff- that's a different. Well, but don't I you mean, think Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys too? That, but, but we weren't talking about Patrick Mahomes. We're talking well, about Kyler Murray. We, yeah, I know, but it's just that you you, you don't want to hear your quarterback say that your team I, leader. I do <laughs> think that Patrick Mahomes gives his all every time out, but I also think deep in the back of his mind, I need to stay healthy. Yep, yeah, don't get hurt. That, that what you're talking about, Kyler, is from reminds me of Allen Iverson. Not the game, practice. Practice. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. I still watch that video sometimes and laugh at it. That's a great Jordan. Jordan. I mean, you watch the Jordan documentary, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody did. It's probably one of the most in recent years sports documentaries. I. It was so good. But one thing you get out of that is Michael Jordan is the most intense, competitive male that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, and it, it shows he gets done winning championships and he wants to play poker with you on the back of the plane to prove to you that he's a better poker card player, whatever it is. I'll, I don't care what it is. You want to see who can throw this, this paper wad into the trash can as far as he would set. And he's that type of guy, you know, guys like that, but Michael Jordan is like the, the, the biggest that I, I don't, th- I know Patrick Mahomes is a competitive person and he's a great team leader, but I don't think that's in his DNA like that. I don't really think that he's constantly trying to prove himself to everyone around him. There's a difference between being a leader and being talented and then being just overly, I want to destroy you and everything that you do. And that's Michael Jordan. Let's let's stop and talk about this for a second because I think it puts us in a really interesting sports area. And that's killer instinct. And you see some guys have it and some guys don't. And it, And Michael Jordan was that guy, if he got his foot on your throat, it was over. Oh, yeah. And in baseball, I would say that Derek Jeter was that sort of guy, that the competitive level for him, now it's a different sport, it's a different way that it's played, but if he if he leading that Yankees team, if they got their foot on your throat, it was over. And I think Patrick Mahomes kind of fits in that category too. I mean, he may be different, different in just the overall level that he pushes himself competitively, as far as you know, paper wads or poker or whatever, but I still think he's that type of guy. Now, also, and how does that match with with Andy Reid? Well, also, what you this is interesting. You brought this up today because I read an article. I don't know if it was Arrowhead Pride or wherever. It was talking about how he wants to play till he's forty five years old. He's smart enough to understand that there is a level of what you can do if you really want to play that long in this league, the way it's played. Now, granted, they do protect the quarterbacks all day long not the same game it used to be so it's feasible to say that he could probably pull that off but he's not going to be able to go like that all the time and in preseason make sure everything works coach is happy move on in tampa bay's games how much has tom brady played probably nothing see that says it all right there and 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 when the boss gives his approval as he did Uh, the, the fact remains, though, that there are certain levels of athletes who understand their importance to a team, and they understand how they need to take care of themselves. Brady is a great example. What is he, 43? Yep. And he's just won a Super Bowl. He's the kind of guy who knows what to do. So does Mahomes. Mahomes is too, but he's a lot younger and has a, a, a much different 
a perspective on what to do. That's not to say he doesn't realize his importance to the team. He does indeed. It all is upstairs, guys. It's in the cranium as to how you're going to motivate yourself and what it takes. It, and, and it's different for everybody. Well, and the way that you you stay in the game for 40, he's 43, look at what he did for the last 20 years. Slot receivers, mm-hmm. five and out. Like we're talking, they, they were, the Patriots were not flashy ever. This was no. this was get the ball out of your hands in two point five seconds. Yep. Mahomes being a part of a different generation, and of course the, they getting they like the big plays. That that it's a known fact that let's hit Tyreek Hill for an eighty yard or whatever. So he the mindset is how fast can I get rid of this ball? And then the game like at that point the defense has stopped coming after me. They got to focus on another part of the game. And you know what else, Jake, that they like to do and hear is the crowd. Oh, yeah. And when the, the crowd is going to cheer a whole hell of a lot more for an 80-yard pass than they will for a, a dunk and a dink out here and so forth and so on, even though it's going to win for you. You wonder, that's a good point, because you wonder, because Arrowhead, what is it, 142.2? 140, 146.2, I think, 146.2. At the decibel on the, the decibel. Yeah. So – they are known for being the loudest crowd where up at Foxborough, those people kind of sat in their seats and not that they're sitting there like, Oh, that's such a good play, like a golf clap thing. But what I'm saying is you're right. Depending on the atmosphere you're in, what are you, what's that? What's the coaches going to, how they're going to react to it? How's the quarterback going to react to it? How the other players. So Brady was in again, that he was to me, was a program player. Now he showed some things this year in Tampa Bay. He said, I don't need you, Bill Belichick. I can do this with another team. And he did. And so, but yeah, it depends on how smart he can be. It's called home field. Yes, it is. (laughs) We're about uh, 25 minutes away from the start of the pregame show. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Yes, we are getting set for our next Chiefs broadcast. It is happening in just 18 minutes. Art Haynes and the crew will come to you from Arizona. Actually, Art will be in Kansas City, but the rest of the crew will be in Arizona with the crowd and with the rest of the fans there. It's good to see everybody back in the stadiums as the Chiefs take on the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray tonight Starting at 7 o'clock, that will be kickoff. Let's uh, change gears a little bit, and let's talk about some college football because that's getting ready to start, too. Flying under the radar a little bit as we get ready for the NFL season. But super conferences, they're coming. There's no question about it. That's the way it's going to end up with super conferences. uh, Probably four or five of them is my opinion, but in quadrants around the country representing the different geographic regions where they are. So the day now it's not going to be right away, folks, but the days of the Big Ten as such and the SEC and the ACC, they're going to they're they're dwindling. We're not going to see it very much longer. And you'll have the geographic conferences because the 100, I think the number is 138 right now of uh, Division 1A football teams or FCS, as they call them, are all going to be going into these quadrants. That's how you divide the money. And the money is huge from these playoffs and the television that's going to come with it. Right now, we're graduating on to 12 uh, playoff games, and I think that's probably going to change even more in the very near future. I haven't had the 12 yet. We'll probably have that for a couple of years, and then on to 16, 
so that everybody gets a chunk of that pie. And it is a very, very lucrative cake or pie or whatever pastry you want to put in there with it. <laughs> Make it be hungry. There's one, there's a note right now, as a matter of fact, that the Big Ten, the Big Ten Conference, the ACC, and the Pac-12 are all talking about an alliance. Well, wow. there it is right there. But uh, the, geographically, that's all over the map. It is all over the map. But what they'll do is, in my opinion, they'll take the teams from those regions eventually. And that alliance will be will be split. The ACC teams will play Big Ten teams in and around that area. And then the uh, Pac-12 will morph their schedule to where they can come east and play some games. It, it, it all depends on the money. Let me ask you guys this. Do you see a playoff to get into the playoff? Oh, gosh, I haven't thought that far. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, well, you're talking about the ACC, which is the Atlantic Coast Conference, which is Duke, North Carolina. It's all along that southern region of the East Coast and on around into the Gulf. And then you're talking about the Pac-12, which is the Pacific Northwest. Well, I don't think that's, in my opinion, has not been formulated yet. But they'll come up with some kind of an amenable plan that will include all of them. And don't forget Notre Dame. They, are, they yeah. ostensibly are a, an ACC team, although they this year they'll be independent and probably next yeah. year too. I'm old school. I mean, I'm a, I'm a young person with an old school heart. I miss <laughs> the Big Eight. Oh, I, so I'm do telling I. you, don't get me yeah. started. I miss the, the fact the SEC was just down there doing their thing, the ACC packed in, and everybody was just – we were having fun. We hated each other. I mean, it's great. I mean, the, the the football was the greatest. The basketball was insane, but of course, money talks and and people's heads get bigger, and and it's all about you know how, the biggest stage. So and I, sure, Jake, and and you just hit it right there too. It's the money that talks, and I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm an old head with an old heart, and I do like those matchup. My God, Missouri and Kansas. I'm not even a Missouri native, but that Missouri Kansas. Uh, matchup was a tremendous rivalry, oh, oldest yeah. rivalry west of the Mississippi. And I fully remember, as you guys do, when the teams were number one and number two in the nation. I want to say 2008, Chase Daniel was the quarterback, and uh, Ma- Mangino was Mangino. Kansas coach. Oh, yeah. yeah. And never missed a meal, guys. No, no that guy <laughs> did not. Anyway, they put on a show at Arrowhead Stadium the year there. they were one and two yep. before Full House. They had almost 70,000 fans. It was in crazy. There. It was snowing. And it was cold. It was, it was cold. cold as heck. My wife was full-blown pregnant. We were making up the baby room, and I'm like, we should be there. She goes, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. This was the day of the game. And so I'm like, that's it. I got online, bought two tickets. We went. We lost. I'm a KU guy. I'm sorry. But we, we did lose. It was a great game. It was a great yeah. game. But we also went the game the year before when it was the same matchup, and KU got the, you know, beat them. But. No, that's I miss that rivalry. In fact, I think it was greater than North Carolina Duke. I honestly, and I'm biased, but that right, those guys hated each other. Oh, and yeah. I remember, you know, North Carolina Duke, blood, sweat. I mean, these guys put it all out. Talk about good times. That was that was it's a real same, a, and a great matchup too. Uh, two good teams at the time. Yep. Now, recently, it hasn't been that way, and they're not even playing now. And uh, the Ballyhoo or try to anyway, Missouri and Arkansas, and yeah, it's it's okay, but it doesn't have the same flavor that MU and Kansas did. No, we miss those rivalries, and it it's, it really comes down to money. You know, that's a sad thing. We've talked about it on this show a lot. I grew up watching Missouri State SMS in those days play the Drury Panthers. 
And man, you knew where people went to school. At. You knew if they went to Drury, you know, if they went to SMS. And it was hard then because Drury had, and Drury has an extraordinary basketball program, men's and women's. But in that 70s period, they were extra special. And uh, I don't think those guys ever have to buy a drink in this town anywhere. That was the championship team yeah. that Drury had in 79, the Jerry national Alexander. championship team. And again, in 2013, they had one. Their match, that's a good point that you bring up, too, because the biggest crowds, now JQH Arena didn't exist then, but Hammond Center did. Mm -hmm. And you could you could cram 92, 9,300 in there and make it loud, and they did. <laughs> I think the fire marshal was probably, um, I don't want to see But the, right the problem was that every other year they had to play it wiser. Which well, would, they did later on. Yes, they, they would, played. Them. You know what? What? What's wiser? What? What did it hold at that time? Oh, a thousand, two thousand, maybe at the yeah. Somewhere so it, it wasn't really fair. But but the matchups, those players all knew each other, still uh -huh. do for yep. that matter, and they were giving their all. I guys, I remember one before the teams ever got together. I think it was nineteen seventy two or seventy three. The Heart Association was looking for some kind of a fundraiser. So they, hey, everybody talks about SMS playing Drury. Why don't we get that together? How are you going to do that? The month is May. They got the alums. They got the alums to come in there and play. Curtis Perry was here for Southwest Missouri State. The great Drury players, the Fredericks were all there, and, and Steve Hutchinson and all the really good Drury players. That guy's was a That's monumentally cool. outstanding game. It was an exhibition in May. You'd never have known it. Place at McDonald Arena was filled, and the game came down to one final shot at the end of the game. And I think it was Randy Majors, if I remember correctly, of SMS, who hit it from the baseline, one by two or three, somewhere around there. I thought, this, this is an exhibition? There's nothing <laughs> exhibition about this. <laughs> We're about 11 minutes away from the start of the pregame show. You're listening to Ned Talk, your local pre-pregame show on 104.7 The Cave. all of the area radio i usually tell you about the weather this time but the weather in arizona doesn't matter because it is a domed stadium so it will not play a factor in the game other than it will probably be hotter than hell there oh. so just to let you know that any, have you, any of you guys ever been in arizona i have a brother in who July lives out there yeah August? when it's, i get back hot. from it, arizona it is, i i i mean i have never felt and i grew up i grew up uh, in in humid 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 summers i remember when i lived in cape when it flooded in the early 90s that was one of the hottest summers i still remember that summer it was so humid and hot but man i remember we walked out we got out of the car outside of phoenix and it felt like i couldn't even <laughs> breathe it's like when you're on a i used to be a cook in high school and you open that oven on the line and it just sucks all the cold air in, and you're just like <gasps> that's what it feels like everywhere well awful. it is it is the desert <laughs> Yeah, it's awful. desert, man. I know, desert, it's awful. But everyone talks about it. It's just a dry heat. No, man, it doesn't matter. It's it hot. is the desert, and it's supposed to be hot, and you get used to it. But it is not dry heat. <laughs> no, so what's the over-under for the game tonight? 41. 41. Yeah. We, were, uh, we were right last week, weren't we? Yeah, we you were and I? right. We were right. Yeah. We were right. We, we just said by that a little bit. Just by a little under. bit, but we were right. Nobody says just by a little bit. You just, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, and somebody in this room is wrong. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about today's game. All right. What do you think? I'm, I'm not going to be wrong this week. Four, 
41 and that hey now look 41 it was 36 guys come on <laughs> that's what he said this morning <laughs> close only counts and horseshoes hand grenades and dancing then guys are you're, you should you're, know that we're gonna stop picking on them. They're never gonna come that. back. They're teetering on the very edge. Here. I know we're arriving. We're, we're <laughs> it's Friday. It's almost six. We need to. We need to be nice. Yeah. All right. Here's what. Here's twitching. what we're gonna do. We're going over the forty-one tonight, and I think the Chiefs are gonna run this ball club right out of the ballpark. I watched a game last night. Very similar circumstances. And when Ned Reynolds turns one off in the third period, when his team is losing thirty-two to nothing, like Philadelphia was to Ooh. New England. Hey, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see this happen tonight. Uh, if if the Cardinals are not going to play their front line as they say they are not going to, and Kansas City is, that's no low contender of boys. I say over 41. Really? What do you think, Jake? I mean, think about 30, 41 points is 31 to 10. That's a decent score. It Would is. you not agree? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I'm going to go with under. Okay. Definitely under. Mike? Definitely under. I'm going to go with the old man. Oh, okay. I'm going with Ober. I, I, right. agree, I agree with it. Loser buys Village in. I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> I will uh, I'll accept that. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll reach for that our gift like cards. Thank you, you guys are buying us uh, some pies. We're getting that's pies right. next week. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited. Yeah, well, I do. I think they'll go over because I agree with Ned. I think you're going to see uh, the best of the Chiefs this week, and I think you're not going to see the best of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Especially yeah, since we're, there's a lot of us that have been dying to see some things that, again, I don't think we're going to really see the true test yet. And we probably won't see it until uh, September 12th in Arrowhead against the Browns. And one of the things that I liked about what you said, Andy Reid has this way of, he'll say, the guys are going to go the full half. But if he sees what he wants to see in two series, then they're gone. He'll be out of yeah. there. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. We're just about at the start of the pregame show with Art Haynes and the rest of the Chiefs crew, Dan Israel and the group up there. We have the kickoff coming up at six, seven o'clock tonight as the Chiefs take on the Arizona Cardinals. Ned, pick a score for me real quick. Okay, we'll say the Chiefs 28, Cardinals 17. Jake, quick. 31 to 10. I'll Mike? say 28, uh, 10. 56 to 3. Oh, Jeez. man. That's We're what, that's, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next Friday night. We'll be on the air again at 5 o'clock Friday night. Get set for the Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals. Thanks to Scott Meyer, Corbin Campbell, and, of course, Mike, the intern. Enjoy Chiefs football right here on 104.7 The Cave.